1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson and Chris Liss here on Monday, Labor Day, September 7th.
2: Uh, Chris, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm worried about my baseball teams. I'm getting my lineup set. I got lucky. I put in Byron Buxton. was going to take him out. He locked. Then he just hit a home run, so that was good. Um, I'm done with my drafts. I feel pretty pleased with myself. I'm usually pleased with myself, not always, but usually. And then half the time the season starts and I'm very displeased with not myself, of course, but with the the players getting it wrong. Of course, The players getting it wrong, the league getting itself wrong, the universe not cooperating as it is supposed to.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that that's. Uh, and I know that's really frustrating when it happens that way, when, you know, coaches can't see your wisdom, when the players, you know, they have the goal line in front of them, and they they, they deign to let themselves be tackled. It's the worst. Uh, absolutely the worst. When, you know, you, you don't, you get, your guy gets tackled at the one and someone else, you know, and then he needs a breather and someone else has to get the touchdown. No, that's always fun.
2: Yeah, it's horrible. It's, it's horrible. I mean, we're so excited. and This happened in baseball exactly this way. I got really excited. Baseball was starting. Finally, some sports, some fantasy sports, put some stats to my teams. And you're like, what is it? This is horrible. You know what I'm watching? I'm, it's not that the game was bad. It's that my players weren't doing what they're supposed to, like Cody Bellinger, Rafael Devers, Francisco Lindor, Chris Bryant. I mean, I'm like, what do you, what is this? Who did I draft? Uh, and it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. And, and, you know, we're excited about our picks in the NFL and stuff, but it's going to be totally different than you think. And it's one of the reasons actually, it actually informed my drafts a little bit. Like I just took Prescott and I took Mark Andrews in, in rounds five and six, uh, even though I needed receivers because you know, the, the conventional wisdom is like, fill up these positions, make sure you you're covered, make sure you're set. And I just realized like the things you think are not even going to be true half the time. So why not just go for the most aggressive upside you can and not worry about any of that stuff, any of the sort of, well, if everything goes the way I think, then this is how it's going to be. I started just not caring how, you know, how thorough my team was not thorough, but how like all the bases are covered. All the positions are occupied by somebody that I like more. Just like, let's just keep swinging for the fences, keep pushing it, keep pushing the what could happen thing instead of, Oh, here's what should happen and I'll I'll be careful and draft my teams.
1: Yeah, uh screw the conventional wisdom. I mean, that's how you live your life, dude. You moved to Portugal for crying out loud. It's it's been something that's served you well. Uh I did my last NFFC draft today uh between the XM show and this and you know, it was definitely, you know, I, it was the same spot as primetime as Saturday. It ran a little differently, starting in the first round, because Mixon went at nine right ahead of me, so I had to make a different choice, which had to go down to my fourth preference, uh, which wasn't ideal, but uh, then again, I got my second round pick, I thought, was well, you know, I got, I got Josh Jacobs at, uh, at 110, not, what, not my first choice, but I turned around and got uh, Aaron Jones, at two three, whereas he he went two two in the the draft before me, I was able to avoid the 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 ones i was I wanted to be able to avoid for my second round pick, but it was a different draft got George Kittle at three three didn't didn't really expect to have him there, and I kind of had i thought long and hard on that one because that, that was that's kind of one of those okay if I do this then i'm going to i'm gonna, you know like you like I'm gonna be down wide receivers for a while. I I could say screw it um and just take the or I could have taken Beckham there which I you might have taken instead of Kittle. I know that's a tough call for you, but you know it, it that was it's every draft draft is a little different. I want to be I guess maybe I want to be a little different too.
2: I took Kittle over Beckham in the second beat Chris Les thinking Beckham might fall to me in three because I was in the second round. You knew Beckham wasn't coming back to you right. when you took Kittle. I thought Beckham might or Taylor might. Neither did. Ended up with Adam Thielen. But, uh, yeah, to took Kittle. You still got your receivers. still got and McLaurin in four and five. So that's fine. I mean, you could have taken those guys in three and four. Right. So And then taken Andrews in five, although he went in four in yours anyway. So, um, you know, it's the same build. It's just Kittle and two receivers. It's good because you you basically got – you know, two third and fourth round level receivers in four and five. And then you get in around six, which is par. And you got your, you know, your starting lineup pretty much filled in. Yeah. So the other thing I could have done, and I kind of regret this
1: just a little bit, could have gotten single. I, I took Singletary, who I thought fell too far, but maybe not. I know, you know, there, there's a lot of buzz on Zach Moss right now, and Singletary fumbled some in, in training camp. But I still, I, I saw what he did last year. You can't erase that I mean that that's, He actually was legit good He can play in this league and I got him at 7-3 And I don't know That That are, Yeah That one is the one that is kind of like I could have taken Russell Wilson again That would have been fine too uh, But I, I felt like I just ha- had to take some Had to value take there Just a little bit there But uh, and of course that means I'm waiting a little bit on one receiver. And it means I and I twice I passed up on quarterbacks. I passed up on Wilson in the 7th round, passed up on uh, Matt Ryan in the ninth round and that that one I could I kind of regret a little bit too. Uh but I got three quarterbacks I kind of like still too. So whatever. I mean it, it it's it's an interesting debate. You know, there there's these inflection points in drafts where like okay, I could get the guy that's slightly better at one position or I could get guys I really like later too. Which route, you know, what do you think about those decisions?
2: So I'm looking, you took Singletary in the seventh, and it goes backwards in the seventh. You passed on Debo, Marvin Jones, Tariq Cohen, Latavius, Deontay Johnson, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is going so early these days, it's bizarre. McC- Michael Hardman went early, wow. Ronald Jones, Moss, Slayton. I think I like Wilson there, but I think you have Wilson in the other draft, and there's something... To be said about just saying, okay, I'm going to do a build with two upside quarterbacks late like you did, and yeah. taking the thing I don't like about Singletary and Lindsey is, I agree Singletary was a good value. I think if you would say instead of Aaron Jones, you would take in Julio Jones or Tyree Hill, if he had gone that route. Yeah, then I love Singletary there in seven, because even though. You know, he might lose a lot of the key stuff to Moss in the seventh round. That's a great zero running back target. It's like, all right, my or my great one running back target. Okay, I got Jacobs and my second running back, Singletary and Lindsey, and a few other sort of modest upside backs. Right? To me, that would be great. But you took Aaron Jones instead of Tyree Kill or Julio, and so now Singletary is your well. It's okay. It's like you know, someone will get hurt, bye weeks, whatever. He's my flex right now. Right, but I like a little more ceiling. In, in that situation, I guess. I mean, he's if the guy gonna... that was
1: going in the third round before the draft, you know, before the NFL draft, when draft right. season, you know, best ball season started. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he still could be the main guy in Buffalo. That's the way I kind of He might it. be.
2: I think people are putting a lot of stock into preseason reports and rumors and stuff. And I agree. Um, but I, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, I think, like, you could have got right. There's other guys in that. Like, so Debo's hurt, so that's a risk. The guy went after him. Deontay Johnson, who knows? He's been hyped up. Slayton. Um, I'm All looking right. at the guys. It's fine there. It's fine. If I'm there not taking
1: nobody- Singletary there, I'm taking Russell Wilson. I'm not taking any right. of those wide receivers there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you took him and Lindsey. You skipped Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson went in the eighth round, which really dropped. That's a yes, really low.
1: he did. He really dropped. I was like, am I going to skip on Russell and still get him back? No. And it didn't quite work out that way. And it, it's kind of sick because Team 3, the team that got him at 8.3, also has Metcalf, which I have that combination in the, the, and, the prime.
2: And Barkley and Taylor, he started off, which was nice. Sutton, Metcalf. Yeah. But but he got Prescott and Wilson. That's just kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I, didn't, I just noticed that just now. That's odd. Why would you do that? It's not best ball, you know. <laughs> he has yeah. to make that decision every single week.
2: Yeah, and that—that that, I don't see that. I don't see the reason to use it. I guess he just felt the value was too good on Wilson, but sure. it's not good enough to get a second quarterback that early, I think. Too many players that you need at that point. So Cooks and uh, Anthony Miller. I love Miller. I, I think Miller's just, you know, Latavius Murray in my draft cost me Miller because I needed to get Latavius. I had Camara, and normally I don't. Handcuff players, but I that one I just felt like was too iffy right now. Um, but Miller's gonna get a lot of targets, Miller's gonna get 120 targets. I mean, I, just, I Alan Robinson get 150, but Miller will get 120, and that's all they got.
1: Now, the Trubisky targets is the only concern, but they were Trubisky targets last year, too.
2: Yeah, and I like Cooks where you got him, too. Cooks is pretty good, Cooks is a thousand yard guy with speed on a team without a target dominant number one anymore. I'm not buying Will Fuller where he's going. I think he's too injury prone. He went in the sixth in yours. I wouldn't take him there. I wouldn't, you know, I would take Landry over him. I would take Gallup over him. I would take CD lamb over him. I would take Debo over him. I just think Will Fuller is just to expect him to play more than 12 games is crazy. And I think cooks got the concussion problem, but it's cooks and cooks and Fuller should be the guys.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, Actually, that was, that was one, and especially because I only had three wide, wide outs at that point. So getting Cooks and Miller both, getting my, as my 4-5, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. You know, everybody's happy with their team until you get punched in the mouth. So we'll see. I, I just I combined two idioms into one. But, you know, everyone everyone's pretty happy with their... Uh, with their draft results. Uh, so then then we'll see what happens after it all runs out, after you, you get that first, oh, Singletary got 20 snaps. Oh, okay, great. Uh, but,
2: yeah. You know, you know, mixing the two sayings in one reminds me, one time uh, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was about 18 or 19 or something home from college, and I was at my friend's house, and we were playing quarters drinking game, and we were absolutely hammered. And the dude's dad comes home even more hammered than us. <laughs> and it's like 4 a.m., and his dad's like slurring his words stumbling around and my friend is like you know dad you're you're wasted like you're so wasted i can't believe i wasted you are and he's like that's the fish calling the kettle black <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah the mixing the metaphors at four o'clock in the morning, but, uh, anyway, um, parenting yeah. highlights
1: there, by the yes. way, too.
2: <laughs> it's like, we had respect for him in a, in a strange way too. Cause we were doing the same thing he was and he was divorced, right? So he was like single in his like forties and we were 18 or whatever. But, um, anyway, um, you know, I like, you got Duke Johnson has some ceiling. You got the two QBs that I like Jones and Burrow. IU has ceiling Tucker. Obviously it's a requirement, Minshew, I don't, I don't really get because even though he has upside, it's like, well, I guess I I get it in the sense that both Jones and Burrow could flop and it might be that Minshew's your guy that carries you. Right. And I I, I have Chark. Yeah. Oh, I see. So a little like stack in weeks 14 through 16, if say Burrow gets hurt week 13 and Jones is just meh or has a tough schedule. Right. Could be a good. I kind of feel
1: like I wait, since I waited around 12 to get my first quarterback, uh, it wouldn't hurt to have three in I this because, I mean, the opportunity cost there. OK, I'm missing out on what Corderell Patterson, Andy Isabella. You know, one of those
2: guys might they I, might I like lot I of. like I like the uh, second year, you know, Andy Isabella, Scotty Miller. You got a couple in Boykin and Arsega Whiteside. But, yep. uh, I mean, I do, too. I
1: don't get me wrong. I like the theory. I like taking those guys. Also, but point, but they're pretty risk laden too, and there'll be others I can pick up, and certainly uh, I'll be kind of churning through it. Now the question is, can I hold on to all three all season long? The I, ideally, one of them is awesome, and then I can just cast aside the other, you know, you know, one of the others. Uh, that that's how, now I'll have like a tough like week one decision. Um, I'll probably start Burrow over Jones because I don't want to do Jones against the Steelers, but. Uh, you know, a rookie in his first ever NFL game. out what could possibly right. go wrong?
2: And the Chargers, you know, Casey Hayward, and Chris Harris are their corners. I mean, it's, that's yeah. not an easy matchup either. And I, I, yeah, you might start Minshew against the Colts.
1: I might not because I also have the Colts' defense too. But,
2: uh, well, that doesn't that doesn't you know you can get if you have Jameis Winston going against the defense, you can get lots of points from everybody. Right. So, you know, maybe you know maybe uh, Minshew will. Throw pick six, scramble for a bunch of yards. You know that the, there is a lot of paths to the defense and quarterback doing well. Yeah,
1: there are. Um, I, I, yeah, again, I am the Justin Tucker guy. Wasn't the first kicker taken though? Butker went ahead of him, uh, but I think that gives me five to your four now in Tucker's. Although I am in more leagues, uh, it's now uh, five out of eight possible. So because there is two non-kicker leagues, but yeah, again, I, I, you, know, not, you just you can't go wrong with him. It's a
2: Martin Rivera. I used to just draft Rivera every year in baseball. And there was that one year he tore his ACL, but I think it was like in February. So I I didn't even get stuck with him. He he tore his ACL fielding like fly balls in center field, chasing fly balls because he liked to do it. But every year was like 40 saves and a two ERA and a 0.7 whip. And that was just money in the bank. And you didn't worry about it. And closers are so volatile. And I think kickers, the same kickers are so volatile. You get a guy and you think he's money and he just falls on his face. It happens all the time. And in, this, and in the NFFC where, you know, 52-yard field goals, 5.2 points, and the guy's routinely kicking for more than 50. And now all of a sudden the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, are one of the best offenses in the NFL, and he's going to get 50-plus extra points. It's just – it's so ridiculous how good he is. It, it hurts his field goal attempts a little, them being so good. But that's like a huge floor just getting all this cheap extra points. So – I, I, don't even, I don't even see the case for just – there's so many – the difference between the round 15 guy you would have got and the 16 guy you get, you got to get a kicker at some point. It's just so obvious. I, I would take him as high as 13th round, but he usually falls like the 15th
1: yeah uh yeah unless he pulls a grammatica it's really hard to go wrong i mean you might miss a few like you said a few field goal attempts but i'll take that risk because he's just going to make the ones he gets and you get point you get the bonus points for distances is the sealer there too uh it, you know because if he kick, you know he kicks 47 yarders like they're 35 yarders
2: oh it's automatic I mean, 55 is automatic with him i mean it's ridiculous how good he is
1: yeah exactly best kicker ever and yet yeah. not in the uh all-time kicker team uh because nfl but whatever um Before we move on, a quick note from our friends at Underdog. Say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money, Underdog Fantasy. With Underdog, all you need to do is the fun part, draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it, and wait for the winnings to come in. This year, they have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the Best Ball Mania for a chance at $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching for Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. All right, Chris. So uh, some you know that, that kind of locks up uh, my NFFC drafts. I have a charity draft tomorrow, my long-standing home league, and one other... Uh, uh friends and family league uh that night but uh on on wednesday and then i'm finally done you're done already uh seven leagues for you it's going to end up being uh 13 for me plus not counting like best balls and things like that like i did you know ras bowl and flex uh best ball those are those leagues count in terms of drafting them but in terms of like tallying shares and things like that i tend to kind of separate those a little bit so let's talk about our most owned players uh for you, you know, you've got a lot of guys, you know, besides Justin Tucker, who we've extolled the merits of already, uh, you're most, uh you most, I think you capped most of your most own guys at like three or so. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Three out of seven. So I've got a bunch of threes. Here are the threes, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Ronald Jones, Tony Pollard, among running backs, Odo Beckham, CeeDee Lamb, Darius Slayton, Meikle Hardman, Nikhil Harry, among receivers, Gronk and Hawkinson among tight ends, Colts defense.
1: Okay. Colts defense. I like that one. Uh, you know, and you can, you can see they're, they're kind of a streaming defense. You might be able to hold on to them, but, uh, they get Jacksonville in week one. Uh, were you drafting them? Like when you got them, for instance, did you get them late? Where did you get them?
2: Pretty late. Uh, I, you know, partly was looking at week one. I mean, we don't, there's so much we don't know about a season and you just don't want to go face the saints or team that doesn't turn it over. That has a good running game. Uh, In week one, with your defense, and you want to get an ostensibly easy matchup, and you can stream defenses. I usually get two if I'm in the NFFC and I've got that roster room, and you hope to get lucky. You know, you hope that one of them blows up. I mean, you're probably not going to get last year's Patriots. That's pretty rare, but you can get something that's like third, fourth best, and it comes out of nowhere. I got the Broncos and Eagles in my prime time. You know, the Eagles face the uh, the football team, and the Broncos face the Titans, but probably start the Eagles week one, but Vic Fangio, year two defense for the Broncos. Who knows? You know, I mean, it's just, it's all just kind of guesswork with defenses. I, I really didn't spend high picks on defenses anywhere. I didn't really read. I got the Steelers in my first FSGA one. Cause the, those expert leagues, they don't take defenses or kickers uh, early. So I was able right. to get the Steelers, but I, I felt like I was reaching for Tucker, but I was not reaching for any defenses.
1: Yeah. I don't have any Steelers or Niners defenses. Uh, it just just didn't come, you know. Didn't have it. Didn't really even come close. Really, uh, I think you know. A couple of times I was like, "Yeah, it'd be neat to have the Steelers defense." Although it's kind of be neat just because they're good, but at the same time, it's kind of painful too because I don't. I hate the Steelers. I'm a Bengals fan, and they go they own us. Uh, but yeah, set that aside. You know, but well, it, it's
2: fun. I think the Steelers defense was really good last year, but. Usually they regress from being the top defense in the league or one of the top two, and they play the Ravens. They play the Bengals, whose offense is way better, and the Browns, whose offense should be way better. It's they'll still be good, and they'll be a tough matchup for those teams. But got all of a sudden the division is way better and way tougher opponents if you're a defense.
1: Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, uh, the, the funny thing is their defense was so good despite their offense being so god awful. Uh, they were able to overcome that. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, so it's it's going to be. Uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, still. You know, elite pass pass rush. Though I mean, they have they they created a lot of turnovers. I always like to try to find the pa- the teams with the pass rushes, uh, and then you kind of go from there.
2: Yep, makes sense.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So okay, o- Odo Beckham Jr. Uh, okay, not a surprise that he's on a lot of your rosters. Uh, you got him higher than the industry on him. And you kind of follow that with your drafts. I've got him in three leagues myself, including the primetime draft I did on Saturday.
2: Yeah. I love Beckham. Uh, I think he's one of the top five most talented receivers of all time. He's been banged up the last couple of years, including last year when he played through an injury. And you know, he's if you look at the, the Browns, it's an ideal situation because they're going to want to run the ball but their only receivers are Landry and Beckham. Rashad Higgins is their third receiver. Hooper is a 90 targetish tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kareem Hunt's going to catch 50 balls as a running back, 55, 60, whatever. They just don't have a lot of other mouths to feed in the passing game. If Beckham stays healthy, I could see him getting 160 targets. I mean, he could be right there with the league leaders and he's the most talented player. He's 27. He may have lost, you know, quarter step, but I think he's going to be a monster.
1: Yeah, I, I hope you're right. Uh, it's just, they have a real offense. They have good defense. They they have a real coach now. Uh, and he, they've got his health. All these things work. Now it all kind of hinges on Baker Mayfield though. I mean, I I think some of the problem last year was make Mayfield was actively not very good. And that, that's one of the things like, is that all because of the coaching mishaps uh, or, and like injuries or. Did Mayfield actually legit take a step back? And I think that's one of the things. Like I, I got Mayfield in some leagues early, thinking, okay, I'm happy with him being my number one quarterback. Now I'm kind of like, uh, I, you know, it's kind of I'm kind of squishy on him. I've got him in three leagues, but I don't love him as my number one. I like him a lot better as my number two.
2: Well, any quarterback that doesn't run is. You better get a ton of volume or have a ton of efficiency to be a, a number one quarterback. But in terms of Mayfield, I mean in terms of Beckham or Landry, I'm not worried at all. I mean, Mayfield his rookie year, his college pedigree, even last year, I mean, he's good enough to support top receivers. Whether he takes the next step or he builds on his rookie year, I don't know. But it's not like there's no chance that he's, you know, Blaine Gabbard or something like that. I mean he's already like surpassed that. So I'm not worried about him. being. You don't have to be very good to support a number one receiver. That's also true. And
1: see also me getting, uh, you know, you know, getting Chark, getting McLaurin right. as my top right. two
2: wide receivers. Who cares? Yeah. 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 They're good enough to support a number one receiver. I mean, so I, I wouldn't be worried about that at all.
1: All right. Okay,
2: good. All right. Who else were
1: some of your, uh, you know, some of the three guys for you?
2: Uh, hang on. I got to look it back up. I, I just went off of it because I realized I, I had a. You know, when we link our player names, if you have like DJ Chark and you don't have the, if you put the periods in, it doesn't create a link. So I'm as I, ah. I'm like, I better fix that. And it was actually AJ Dillon. Some of these guys the, the period is in there and some of them it's not. So I just fixed that. But uh, let me just pull it back up. I'm looking at my portfolio. So my three guys were among running backs. No, no, no quarterbacks. I have a bunch of twos, but I got Chubb, Taylor, Ronald Jones, Pollard. And I got Beckham, CD Lamb, Slayton, Meikle Hardman, Nikhil Harry. And I got Gronk and Hawkinson. Those are all my three guys. And Colts defense.
1: Yeah, you know, Gronk really fell in this draft that I did today. Uh, I was surprised at that. Now, and the thing is, I was like, kind of was tempted to go ahead and take him, but I knew I had other needs to fill, but having gotten Kittle so early, but Gronk fell all the way to the 13th round. Like after John U. Smith, after Jared Cook, uh, after, uh, after Chris Herndon, after Eric Ebron, of all people. I. You know, I, I, I was tempted, but I, I you know, I was kind of in okay. I want to get my two quarterbacks yeah. mode uh, there. Oh, uh, I think you should have
2: taken him because if you have Devin Singletary as your flex, yeah, you could slide you in might, and Gronk if he's worth it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have Kittle, so it's obviously not a major need, but you know, you can play a tight end in the flex. That's what separates them from a quarterback, right? Like yeah. the quarterback, there's only one quarterback that can be used. That you don't want to play a tight end in your flex unless. It ends up being Darren Waller that you picked up for nothing after you drafted Kelsey or something last year. But um, I just think Gronk, you know, the floor is zero. The floor is him getting hurt. He's healthy now. He's 31. He's the greatest tight end of all time. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see why people are – he's paired with Brady. I don't see why people are not taking him over all these very speculative tight ends. I mean Chris Herndon, Eric Ebron, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: those – that this was – I thought this one was unique that it would drop that far back,
2: uh, but he dropped in mine too, and yeah. I didn't take him either because I didn't take him either. I me look where, exactly where he dropped him. I didn't take him either because um, you know I had Mark Andrews and I had all you know, and I was desperate to get receivers. Uh, Gronk and mine went twelfth round, so that's pretty late. Yeah, First I pick went twelfth
1: on Saturday in primetime, and I got Hawkinson right after that in the thirteenth. Hawkinson uh, went in 11th in this one. So it's a little
2: bit different, uh, but that's okay. Um, I got good news though, because I took Jalen Rieger in the 11th, Jalen Rieger in the 11th. Yeah. Because I needed receivers in the news on him is good. They think he might be back week two. So that was a gamble that I'm now pleased with. I don't think he lasts that long if this news comes out before my draft. So that, you know, so I'm, I'd rather have Rieger, given the way that my team is structured with Andrews and uh, a lot of holes at receiver, than Gronk. So I'm glad I did that, but... Um, yeah, I think Gronk should go in like the ninth or 10th round actually.
1: Yeah, I think I'm, i think you're probably right about that. Uh, but it's kind of funny how, you know, just, we're so busy scrambling trying to fill these spots. So it's, it's kind of, in, you know, you're trying to make sure you don't take on too many risks, but let me ask you this, Mike Williams. Now <laughs> the news changed on him again. He's a game time decision on Sunday. You know, it's gone from, he might play Sunday, you go, know, it might be three to four weeks, might be ready for week one, probably out all of September. That was yesterday, I think. And now today comes down the wire game time
2: decision on Sunday. Who are you taking first, Mike Williams or Jalen Rieger? Oh, Jalen Rieger uh, all day. It's just a, I mean, the problem with Mike Williams is he's compromised and he's in a situation where it's a terrible situation. Like he's got Keenan Allen there, they've got Eckler there. So you got your two top targets and Henry, who also does red zone. And you got a new QB who's a run-first QB, and well, they lost Derwin James, but ostensibly a good defense. I think they're going to want to run and play defense, and, and throw a lot of short passes. Yeah. So it's just to me, it's not a great situation for Williams. If Williams were totally healthy, I would just bet on the talent and say, you know what, it's a bad situation, but this guy is so talented and uniquely, you know, he's six four, you know, two thirty or whatever, and has been very good on a per play basis since his rookie year, since his second year, he, he missed most of his rookie year with the back injury. But now that he's kind of compromised, give me rigor rigor is uh, on a team that's one of the, you know, could be one of the top passing teams in the league and they're kind of thin at wide out. I mean, maybe our Whiteside white takes a leap. Maybe, um, you know, Deshaun Jackson stays healthy, but I think Rager will be their number one outside receiver when he's, if, and when he's healthy.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I like Williams a lot, though. I like his skills. I just, you know, like you said, the situation might not be great, and the health too. If it compromises, for instance, his ability to win jump balls or whatever, you know, that hurts a lot. So, and you can't use him week one, even if he does play. Like, say, say it's a game time decision. He's he does suit up. I mean, you're not starting him. Uh, no. The, the yeah. question though is, what if it's a game time decision in week two for Jalen Rager? You're probably not starting him.
2: Right. No, I know. Hey, if I week four rears a hundred percent, then that's a win that pick in, right. in round 11. I, you know, I, and I, he may not pan out, but my feeling is once he does pan out, he could be the man. Whereas Mike Williams has to pan out health wise first. And then he has to contend with the situation he's in. So it's to, to me, it's like there's, there's more hurdles for Williams to be worth that pick.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, that, that is true. So, I, I I see it. It's just that they were kind of ranked close together prior to that, and that's the thing that uh, I, you know, prior to the respective injuries, they're kind of going pretty close together. Maybe Williams was a little bit behind Rieger, but it wasn't by much.
2: Yeah, but I, I kind of feel like the setback to Williams is worse in a way, even though Rieger's a rookie. It's that it, it's like Williams. It just, it just puts him behind the eight ball with other established players getting the, the jump on him with the new quarterbacks. And with rigor, it's like, he's the first round pick. He's not been there three, four years. He's the guy who's there to be the number one receiver when he's ready. He should be, you know, Deshaun Jackson is not a number one target. He's not Keenan Allen. He's a 90 target guy. If he even stays healthy, which he probably won't, you know, our Sega Whiteside white side at this point is just a, a, a dart throw the odds that he Pans out after what he did last year are slim. Second-year receivers are great bets to make an unpredictable leap, but any one of them is a poor bet. It's just collectively they're a good bet. Sure. And then, you know, you look at the other you know, wideouts there, Greg Ward or whoever. It's it's just not very deep there. So, then, no. you know, R- Rieger is going to be the guy when he's healthy, um, or he's going to get a, every chance to be the guy. I don't know that Williams is going to be the ch- get the chance to be the guy. The case for him when he was healthy before he got hurt was oh, this guy's so good, he's just going to become the guy. He's just going to stake his claim. But now you're dealing with, you know, he's going to be behind. So I, I just think the injury hurts him worse.
1: Yeah. Uh, I took Arcega. Ar- Ar- Ch- Ar- Ch- I can't even pronounce it.
2: Arcega. Arcega. Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, like as if you had a lisp.
1: Yeah. Uh, I got him in the 20th round in both my last two drafts, just as the, under that theory of the you know late round dart throw. You know, the, the Eagle, you know, Alshon Jeffrey went undrafted in this league today, which I found was kind of interesting. GM uh, Howie Roseman downplayed that he's not actively trying to trade Jeffrey. Uh, we're not sh- actively shopping him as reported. He was activated off the pup list on Saturday. He is eligible to play, but it's not expected to play. He didn't participate in training camp at all. I, I think it's pretty clear. They may not be actively shopping him, but they're shopping him.
2: They're no longer actively shopping him because nobody wanted him, and therefore right. it's now an inactive issue. I'm surprised they didn't cut him. I guess they could release him at some point, but um He was guaranteed 9.9 yeah. this year, it. though. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a lot. He, he's been shaky and so injury-prone. I mean, they, you, yeah, that's true. I, I should have included him. I just basically omitted him. I've so crossed him off my mental list of people. But you never know. You know, Sometimes that random guy who's been hurt for two years, but you know, he, he was really good when he was healthy back in the day he was
1: he, a rare was. occasion himself he yeah john hightower by the way was taken in my draft on saturday as like the last overall pick like two picks after i took arthago Whiteside. so uh perhaps it's uh there, that's someone who's kind of set him up for a role on offense he hey, there was a note we had on him saying he looked good in uh training camp he was also drafted in this year's draft a uh, fifth round pick uh you know out of boise state so you never know uh, could could be uh, he's also a possibility someone who could play a little bit there. So. All right. Uh, before I move on uh and talk about some of your fades a little bit, a uh, quick note from Owner's Box. Do you love the strategy of season long fantasy sports? Live for the short term gratification of DFS, then be the first to try weekly fantasy sports. Owner's Box is here to change the game. Weekly fantasy sports keeps players engaged through live drafting, social interaction, and a new layer of strategy that puts the power back in your hands. No more submitting a lineup and forgetting about it. Users will be engaged throughout the entirety of the contest. Compete with your opponent now, uh, or compete with your opponent over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. if you do this, the Owner's Box game provides users with fun and engaging rule set that revolves around a set number of game opportunities by roster position. Your players earn you points throughout the week, but only if you have enough games available at that position. In addition, the Owner's Box platform will curate a community amongst their users and allow them to engage socially in multiple different ways. Add friends, create groups, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Go to ownersbox.com slash and sign up for their exclusive beta right now. Each user who signs up will receive 100 owner's bucks free that can be used to enter contests risk-free. All right, Chris, we talked about some of your frequently added guys. Let's talk about some of your fades. Uh, first, the active active fades, the guys that you have no shares of, and that was totally by design.
2: Yeah, I mean, it starts in the first round. I, I faded um, Dalvin Cook. I just... It's the Pianowski thing. I, I just don't trust him. He had his good year last year. He still got hurt at the end during the fantasy playoffs. He was great last year, but he's just been hurt most of the time, most years and the contract issue and COVID. I mean, imagine he's banged up and he's taking a risk and he's not getting paid. I just, I just don't want to have that be my problem. So that was one guy, um, Derek Henry. I'm out on in full PPR because he's going, you know, in top six or seven, a lot. And, sometimes top eight is always top 10 and he doesn't catch a lot of passes. They said he's improved as a receiver. We'll see. You know, they kept saying about Adrian Peterson too, every year it never happened. And second, he's just too big. You know, I'm getting the Aaron judge John Carlos Stanton vibe. Like those guys were great the year that they stayed healthy, but their body's just too big to hold up. And this guy's 247 pounds, six foot three huge target for defenders. I mean, he's not, you know, Saquon's 240, but he's six feet, he's a little bit more compact. I think the ideal size for running back, I've been thinking about this, is 5'9, 215, 5'8, 210. You know, really stout, stocky, strong, quick, low to the ground, not a lot to hit. I think those are the ideal size for running back. I think when you get to be, Brandon Jacobs was a guy that got hurt a lot for the Giants. He was a beast when he was healthy, and Henry's better than Jacobs, but it's just a tough, it's just tough to be that big and do that job. So. Yeah. Um, you're not the guy you, you're running people over, but you're taking more hits than you're giving. Even if yours are, you're dishing out more than you're getting from each individual defender. You're getting multiple guys hitting you every play. And uh, I'm, I'm just out at the first round tag after, and also 303 carries last year, another I think, 83 in the, in the post season. So right. That's, that's the stat
1: I was looking at. That was like, that's, that's the one that catches my eye. You know, you, yeah, you are dishing out some hits, but you're taking them too. And yeah, it just, yeah, and he doesn't catch that many passes. There, there's plenty of good reasons. I mean, he could have a good schedule this year. He could be great again this year, and it could, but, or this could be the year he starts to break down. Uh, it's always a regress to what sort of situation for me. I know, uh, you know he could regress a little bit and still be well worth that price, but yeah, I don't know, Chris. Um, I mean, the thing is, if they threw to him a little bit more, he might actually be pretty good at it. You know, you know, he had some big receptions. Now, I don't think he's going to ever run routes like Sanders or Eckler or anything like that. But if they use that option a little bit more, it might be easier on his body, too.
2: Yeah, he's not going to be in the thick of it as much. But I don't know. I'll, I'll believe when I see it. I'm not going to pay on spec for him getting more than like 25 catches. You know, I'm just not going to pay for that. Uh, Miles Sanders, I'm out on. He had an injury before the year. Uh, for He's out for most of the training camp. Maybe he'll be fine, but... I going to bet on my eighth overall pick on it when I could take Mixon or I could take Josh Jacobs or I could take Aaron Jones or Chubb. No, I'm not going to right. bet on it. Uh, we also don't know exactly what kind of workload he'll get because the backup to Jordan Howard for the first half, he's a rookie last year. So it might've just been that, but is he going to get 250 carries? I don't know. Is he going to get full Alvin Kamara treatment as a receiver? I'm not sure. Might he be in between where he gets 60 catches, 62 catches and 200 carries. Yeah, it's not bad. If he does that stays healthy, he'll be fine as a first round pick. Is he going to get all the goal line carries? I don't know. So I don't like him. Um, I'm out on Kenyon Drake. We've talked about him a lot. I feel like he's, he's just never really held up for a full season as the guy had a walking boot. No big deal apparently, but you know, many coaches have soured on him. Uh, Austin Eckler, I think 150, 160 carries is his ceiling. I don't know if he's getting goal line carries or Josh Kelly will get him. And he's dealing with two new QBs who are not going to be as good at throwing the dump off as his, his River. So I'm out on Eckler, too.
1: Yeah, I don't have any Eckler. I have only one league where I have Miles Sanders. That's the Vegas league. And I got him in the second round, I think around 2 5, where, okay, fine, I'll take him. Because I think, yeah, I think you were fifth and I was eighth in that league, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, I that that's the only league I have him. Uh I do not like I yeah, like I said, I don't have any Eckler either. Do I have uh yeah, I don't have any Henry. So we're kinda of similar in that respect. I don't have any McCaffrey, unfortunately, either. I could've you know only time I had a shot at him is so far as these two auctions, uh stake league and I did uh, the the Brad Evans Sin City uh draft. Uh but uh, I, I did. I opted not to go uh, to get them in the, either of those two leagues. I won't get them in uh, my home league either, which drafts uh, tomorrow, on Wednesday night, because I'm going to be drafting 12th in a third round reversal draft on that one there too. So 12th out of 14. It's a 14 team or two. So just I guess I'm kind of you know I'm I'm hoping that uh, they decide that well we got to throw we have these great receivers we don't want to throw to our back so much. Maybe that'll be my goal.
2: Yeah, the odds of getting McCaffrey at 12. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's not just airplane test. It's like one of the most mathematically, I mean, it would just have to be without people like purposely just, you know, doing it to get you, um, are almost infinity. I mean, you think like it's a very simple equation. You'd be like, well, what are the odds that, you know, you get struck by lightning four times in a row. I think that's more likely than, 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 uh, getting McCaffrey at twelve. I'm so happy uh, we're going to have airplane test back next week. We're going to have the airplane test for sure. But it's interesting, just a simple thing like that. It's like it's beyond zero, your chance of getting him in a league this year. I don't have him either. I don't really like him this year. I mean, of course, I'd take him because he's good in the situation. But I, I think... The, the odds that last year is so by far his career year are high. <laughs> it's, like, it's just yeah. the workload that he had. He started to wear down a little bit late. He had finally showed up on the injury report. He had 140-something targets, broke his own record for receptions. I mean, if he stays healthy, which is – we'll see. I mean, he's going to be great again. But I, it would be – I'd be very surprised if, if he doesn't – you know, the regression is going to be steep. People probably said that after 2018, but last year was a season for the ages. It was. It was. Um, What about at a
1: wide receiver? Any uh, big time wide receivers you chose not to get? Any ones that you wanted to get that you did not get?
2: Yeah. So um, I chose not to get DeAndre Hopkins. Although now that he's practicing, I'm a little less confident in that. I just think he's not that great. He's good. He's changing quarterbacks. He's changing teams. He missed some time. Is he going to get 160 targets? If he's 135, he's just a guy. Give me AJ Brown. Give me DK Metcalf. Give me all those guys over Hopkins. If Hopkins gets 160, 170, obviously he'll be very valuable in PPR. Um, I haven't projected it like number six or something, but, uh, I I just don't see the per play, you know, greatness. Um, Kenny Galladay, I'm out on Kenny Galladay. I I like Kenny Galladay as a player. He's old. He's almost 27 already. He's a lot older than his, you know, his experience would have you believe, you know, he's I think he was a rookie in 2017 or 16. He's already 27. Uh, so I think his ceiling is sort of what you saw last year. I mean, Stafford will play the whole year, which is good, but he's a deep guy. I don't know if he's uh, going to get more than 130 targets. I don't think he's going to get 150 in that offense. So I'm out. Uh, give me, you know, the Metcalfs and the Sharks and some of those guys. I like uh, Galladay, but you know, it's I've I've had the chance to, it's Beckham versus
1: Galladay and I keep taking Beckham. So that's kind of the position I've been in. I mean and today I took Kittle, you know. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I don't like Galladay's ceiling. I just I, I know he's a he was a great per play guy, explosive. Uh but I just I don't see him getting the targets he needs to be that top five receiver. And you need to I, I think you need to have that to take him where he is. You need to have the possibility of it. Mike Evans is like another Galladay to me. Good player downfield, big play guy, but with Brady there and all the weapons, I just don't see him getting the volume to. I uh, give me the Charks and the you know some of these other guys over him.
1: Sure, uh, and again, it, some sometimes structure matters too, like where where he's available. I mean, he's in that that melting pot of wide receivers that are all pretty good. I'd be happy to get him if like he were priced properly, you know, or priced accordingly. But he's always going, you know, before. The, the, that group of wide receivers, and often I'm not, you know, I'm not in that spot anyhow. Like I wasn't t- like today, for instance, didn't really have the opportunity to take him. You know, I, I wasn't going to take him at three three. He's always gone by four ten.
2: Yeah, somebody might take him at three three, and certainly Galladay goes there. But it's, there's no reason to be at the top of that block of receivers. And I think they're just in the block. I think mm-hmm. that Evans and Galladay, their target numbers are going to be similar to AJ Browns and Metcalfs. Chark might have more actually even. So, I, you know, they're great, but so is A.J. Brown. I mean, it, you know, it's just a volume game with those guys. You have these really efficient, really explosive receivers that can make plays down the field. They're all the same, but for some reason, Galladay and Evans are more expensive.
1: That's right. That, that is true. Uh, so something, something to throw out there, but uh, how about, uh, any, you know, how about any, anybody that you wanted but did not
2: get? Yeah, let me take a look. Hang on. I just moved I just scrolled up. Uh who did I want that I did not get? Usually I, you know, make sure that I get somebody. Well, while you're looking, I'll say one. And yeah, who? I, that continued
1: again today Lamar Jackson. Did not get him today. Uh I, you know, again, I could have taken him at 2-3, I suppose. It's probably happened, but I wasn't going to take him that early and I was like, okay, if he gets to me at 3-3, I'll take him. Well, didn't come close to getting him. Uh, came close on Saturday. He went one pick before me in that draft. But uh, today, no, uh, the two he actually went 2-11 and Mahomes went 2-12. Don't often see him going before Mahomes. Not that, I'm not, and I'm not even saying it's wrong, but I was kind of like, it would be kind of nice to have one share of him. Uh, the draft I do Wednesday is a super flex league. That's the one where I'm drafting
2: 12th out of 14. I'll I doubt he get even him. gets there. But. Although in the in the Weavos league, I got him for thirty seven bucks, and that would definitely have been not top twelve most expensive. So right. you never know if people go. It depends. That had a lot of flexes though, and a lot more roster spots to fill. So probably in a straight up super flex, he's going to go in the top five. I uh, I don't have Mahomes, and I would like to have had a share of Mahomes. I you yeah. know, I love rooting for great players, and that's a guy I missed. I do have one share of uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, other guys that I – I like Aaron Jones this year. I, I think Tom Kessenick is actually right about this, that he's being undervalued. And I mm-hmm. could have taken him, but I took Chubb Saturday, and that was really a coin flip. So Aaron Jones, Pat Mahomes. I like Allen Robinson. I don't love him. I, I think he could have a lot of targets. But Juju I like, but I don't love I, – I actually really like Juju. Juju I probably should have got one of. I don't have Ridley, Juju I, either. Yeah. Ridley, I see the case for, but I never got him. AJ Brown never fell to me. I took like certain guys over him when it was like a coin flip. And so, um, missed out on him. Cam Akers, I wouldn't mind gambling on Cam Akers, but I never do. I end up always taking receivers and tight ends in that tier. So I missed out on him. Um, Darren Waller, I might've had a share of him. I'm not like dying to get it, but guy was pretty good last year. And now that Tyrell Williams is out. You have two rookies and Hunter Renfro. Those are the targets. Waller's going to get a big target share.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, by the way, Raiders news. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Marcus Mariota was just placed on injured reserve t- uh, today. He ha- he has like been missing practice. It could be, you know, it could be the 3 game injured reserve that they have right now. Uh, but the nature of his injury isn't known they say it's not related to the shoulder and ankle concerns he dealt with during the offseason according to coach john Gruden it's just I mean maybe it's covid I don't know i mean it's again it's one of those things where in 2020 where it's hard to find good information
2: yeah um I guess it could be covid but yeah. he spent I mean, a lot I, of money to get him uh, yeah well I mean the, the Bears spent a lot of money to get falls too and the and the pats got uh, Newton for nothing. So it's just, there's the entire the world. Yeah. It really is strange. Yeah. And Newton's like looking great. He's very happy there. The Patriots are happy with him, apparently. It's like a great fit. What a crazy turn of events. People are like, oh, Stidham. No, Stidham's their starter. Like, come on, dude. This is so crazy. That, that, just that BS all summer.
1: Right. I know. That was, that was, that was wild. Uh, but
2: that, that depressed his price. I got that. I got him for six bucks in that super. I, oh, option. I don't have Newton. I don't have Newton, and I ranked him highly and aggressively, way ahead of the, basically the industry. And I never got him just because, I think I had Daniel Jones and Joe Burrow ranked so aggressively that I just kept getting those guys.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I went Jones and Burrow with my first two yeah. picks over Newton. Kind of there was part of me is like, Oh, maybe I should just take Newton and hope I get Burrow later or something, but. I want Burrow. If he if he pops, I want to be there for it. Right. Uh, so
2: and, and there's, no, there's nothing better when you're a fan of a team and you get a guy at a good price and he goes nuts. Right. It's just it's a such a, like you know when I got, if you got Beckham or something as a Giants fan, it's just it's so fun.
1: That's right. That that's absolutely right.
2: All right. Uh, before we do a few
1: news and notes, a quick note from our friends at Prediction Prediction Strike. All right, it's Prediction Strike, by the way. Prediction Strike is a fancy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Pat Mahomes in his rookie year? You knew this would happen? Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projections, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting PredictionStrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. All right. Uh, a couple of news items before we close out here, Chris. Uh, the Patriots uh, have put Damian Harris on IR for the first three games. He's dealing with that pinky surgery, uh, so he's out for a while here. Uh, kind of tiny bump up to Sony Michelle, I would think, uh, maybe to James White.
2: Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think it affects White. I think White's role was secure regardless of yeah. what they did with these other guys. I think he's the guy third down. He's, you know, he's the old pro there. I saw around Harris as soon as Michelle was healthy. You know, there was some, you know, some sense that maybe Michelle wasn't going to be ready for the start of the season, and okay, Damien Harris is going to take over. But as soon as Michelle was healthy, he kind of slotted back into that number one role, and there wasn't a whole lot of talk about it. And you know, and and then Harris got the pinky injury and then was out, so that cemented it. But I think Michelle is, you know, they took him the first round two years ago or whatever. I mean, it's like they're, I st- I still think they're going to try to make a go of him and we'll see. I mean, I, I think with Newton, a quarterback, it's not ideal because you, and James White and, you know, as, as a third down back, I mean, I think neither guy has much upside. You're going to give up at least five touchdowns, uh, to just Newton's goal line prowess. And then you're going to give up, you know, 65 catches to James White on third down. What's left.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of view like Michelle as kind of just like a bi week guy. You know, or he's he's like what
2: Adrian Peterson was before he got released and then re signed.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean
2: and with the hope of the the uh, this the, the path to upside for him
1: for me is okay, he was dealing with this foot thing all last year and it compromised him. Now he's fully healthy and we can see that this is why they draft him in the first round and okay,
2: we'll go ahead and he'll he'll be useful again. And that, that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, I think that's right. That, like, he's better than we've seen because he's played through injuries. But he was just coming off an injury when camp started. So, you know, he's got to prove that he can stay healthy first.
1: Yeah, he does. He really does. Uh, Another guy that needs to prove he's healthy, Darrell Henderson. Uh, Head coach Sean McVay is optimistic that Henderson will be ready for Sunday's game against the Cowboys. He's been running on the side during practice, hasn't participated in a full practice since uh, getting this low grade hamstring strain on August 22nd. I mean, even if he's healthy, you know, he's someone that uh, you, you can't really uh, count on this. I can't almost. use
2: him now. Yeah, you can't yeah. use him now, but he's a guy to have. I took him in my prime time. I took him in like the 11th round. He just fell too far. Maybe it's the 12th round. I got to look it up. He fell too far, and I was just kind of like, fine. You know, I mean, we don't know that Cam Akers is the starter. We don't know who's going to get the carries. If if Darrell right. Henderson is completely healthy in week one, And, you know, he gets 10 carries and looks good. I don't even know if he's going to get 10 carries. But, you know, I mean, all bets are off. I mean, maybe he ends up the starter by week three. So I think he's still very viable, and there's a lot of upside with him.
1: Yeah. Although we do have to wonder if being, you know,
2: is the team, has the team fixed their offensive
1: line woes at all? What sort of upside is there totally?
2: I don't think the line matters as much as the offense clicking. Like, if if they can get good production out of golf and the receivers and move the ball, there'll be stuff for the running back. The line only matters if, I mean, it matters, but I mean the line starts to really kill you when you can't move the ball. When you're yeah. three and out, you know, if, if you're like, Oh, they can't run block, but they can pass. Well, usually teams have to put in you know, nickel and dime defenses. They got to account for all the receivers and then lanes open up. So I'm more like, is the offense good more than is the line specifically good? I, by the way I got Henderson at 13, seven, so it was sort of like I, I needed receivers, but I was like, "This guy just, this is too far. We don't even know who the starter is." It's it's way different when, you know. Okay, here's a guy who's a backup. He's not a backup. He's an unknown, which is way better than a backup. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I.
1: Even Malcolm Brown has some currency as far as that goes, uh, and he went at fourteen eleven and I would have taken him at fifteen three, although that happening allowed me just to go ahead and go on my merry way with Justin Tucker. Uh, Henderson went at thirteen one in my draft uh, today, so that, that's that seems like that's the new current new going rate. He was like ninth or tenth earlier, at least when I got him, I think in the uh, first online championship first beat Jeff Erickson, which was over a month ago now you know that's that was the going rate.
2: Yeah, we don't know for sure that Akers is better than him if both are healthy. He right. might be, but we don't know. Yeah, I mean the presumption is that they by,
1: by them spending that level of draft pick on Akers that they at least were concerned that Henderson wasn't going to be that good.
2: But Gurley was playing on bad knees and they used a high pick, on not as high as Akers, but a pretty high pick on Henderson mm-hmm. and didn't use him at all. So Which to it, me indicates that they had a lot of doubts about Henderson though maybe, or it's just sort of like they pick a guy and go with him. You know, the Steelers for years had on Bell, and then when he got hurt, um, what's his name? Um, who was the guy in Carolina? D'Angelo Williams came in and got all the work. There was no timeshare with him. And then Connor replaced Bell the year Bell set out, and Connor got all the work. Sometimes teams just, they find a guy and they pick him, or, you know, it's a, it's a legitimate job battle, sunk cost, be damned. They they put these guys in. The reason why Malcolm Brown, I can't see, I I have him so much lower than those guys, is that he's been around since 2015. I mean, don't you think they would have, they had Gurley there, but they drafted Gurley, I think after they had Brown, and then, you know, they draft Henderson in the third last year, Akers in the second. They they can't take Brown seriously if they're doing that.
1: Fair, fair, fair point there. I would think you're probably right. Uh, But, yeah. I mean, we'll find out soon enough. We'll find out on, you know, we'll find out in week one, at least an idea of where they ranked, ranked him versus Akers, at least. Uh, although it's game one and that, you know, and they may not give the rookie the start and then give, give him like the the carries on the second series and we'll never see, you know, we'll never turn back. Kind of like, well, we think Mack and Taylor is going to be like.
2: Yeah, it could be like that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's difficult to, we, we we look at this and we're like, well, this is what should happen. You know, they did this and then they, it'll be like, well, they took him in the second because they think this and that's why they'll do that. Or mm-hmm. they wouldn't have done this. They wouldn't have signed this guy unless this happened or they would never take Jonathan Taylor with this high of a pick. If they, you know, there's all these like, you know, Clyde over Solaire, they must've taken him here because they intend to right. do this and they do something else. And you know, things change. Training camp happens. They see these guys up close things change we may not understand exactly what they were thinking at the moment. You know, sometimes you make a decision then you're like, ah, you know, I was thinking that then, but maybe that wasn't right. And you think, well, no, come on. It's a high stakes decision there. It's the NFL draft. But how many picks are like total mistakes? Lynn Bowden just got traded. I mean, that was just, Oh, oops. You know, we took this guy in the third round. Let's just dump him right now. Like there's all sorts of mistakes and, <clears throat> and changing of the mind. So I think so many, so much. We think this is logical, But we don't even know what all the factors going into it is. We don't know what's changing on the ground. And um, as much as we reason it out like, oh, well, they, you know, O.J. Howard, they took in the the 14th pick or whatever. And, you know, they've got to use him this year. He's going to be huge. And then they don't use him. It's just, it's very, you know, the reason doesn't always, uh, reasoning doesn't always, it's not always your best tool for figuring out the minds of these NFL coaches. That's right.
1: That's right. Uh, I think that is a good take. Uh, let's finish uh, another Colt, uh, news item, Colts. Uh, they put uh, Trey Burton on the IR f- uh, for at least three games. In and of itself, that's not a big deal. I mean, he's not someone we're looking at drafting. He's got a calf injury. But just less competition for Jack Doyle. This It might be a fairly narrow passing tree for the Colts. Uh, I, I, you look at T.Y. Hilton, You know, clearly he's going to be a guy that uh, – is going to be their main guy, but they've spent draft capital last two years on uh, Paris Campbell. uh, And now this year, Michael Pittman.
2: Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Passing wise. I kind of think they're going to run it a ton with the offensive line and the backs that they have and dump off to Naeem Hines and dump off to Jonathan Taylor. I think they're going to throw to Hilton on the outside. I think Hilton is a guy I really don't want. I would have taken him in the seventh had he fallen, but no earlier than that. And Campbell Pittman, one of those guys, I think Campbell's the better bet, but you know, either, either one could do something and then Doyle will get his 65 catches, but it'll be, I I don't have like high hopes for his upside. I don't think he's going to get like 85 catches. He could, maybe he could, maybe it will be a total dink and dunk with an occasional deep throw to Campbell or Hilton. But I just feel like rivers, this stage of his career, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of. It's not going to be a lot of fireworks going on. Yeah, probably not.
1: Uh, I don't have any Doyle so far. Uh, don't have, and you know, I I want Campbell, but you know, I, and I do have Campbell in a couple of places, and I, I like him a lot. I like his his possibility of popping, but I'd like it better with a quarterback that would better fit him. I think you could get go Mike Williams on us here.
2: Yeah, not in a no, good I, way. I, Well, I mean, Cam. The thing about Campbell is that um, he's so cheap that. You may as well gamble on him just like all these other second year guys,
1: yeah, that's true, that's true, and you know he's going up a little bit. He used to be like, okay, you get him in the seventeenth, eighteenth round, but he's starting he's starting to cost a little bit more in fact, I uh, went tenth round in my draft today that's that's a lot more expensive than he he earlier was going earlier. that's for sure. seems like an overpay to me, yeah, maybe so. We'll see um all right. That's going to wrap up today's uh, podcast here. I want to thank all of our sponsors. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Tomorrow, we've got uh, Jake, uh, Jake Litarsky and Joe Bartle, of course, as always, on Tuesday, as we start to get you ready for week one. So going to be pretty excited about that. Again, thanks for listening to RotoWire. Have a great day.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?